G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. As we do on a Monday, we do like to keep up to date with all of those happenings that are going on politically around the nation from a Christian perspective. And always a pleasure to welcome Dan Flynn, who's the Canberra-based Chief Political Officer for the Australian Christian Lobby. Hello, Dan. Welcome back to 2020. Thank you very much, Neil. Pleasure and... uh I know your viewers will love that Faraday story. I'm a Victorian, born and bred, and that Faraday story is going to absolutely excite your listeners. Um, One of the most remarkable pieces of of Victorian history, I can certainly say that. Well, I can tell you, I've been dipping into the book over the weekend, and I can tell you it is a gripping story, and uh, what our guest is going to share will be something listeners will want to hold tight to. Hey, look, there's so much going on, Dan. Euthanasia in Western Australia, the abortion issue in New South Wales last week, the deadline for submissions on religious freedom this week. I guess we could start with euthanasia in WA. You've been monitoring what's going on there very closely. Euthanasia passed the lower house in the West Australian Parliament last week. Uh, The big question, of course, is where to next? Well, uh, the upper house uh, is where to next, Neil. Uh, this will be uh, managed by our Western Australian Director, Peter Abetz, who, um, being a former member of Parliament in the Western Australian Parliament, is very close to the MPs. Uh, he brings a lot of doctors, a lot of um, those concerned about this issue, into a you know a lot of uh, one-on-one and group meetings with MPs. Uh, so uh, shortly there'll be uh, capacity to write to your upper house MP uh, on our website, uh, if you, you are from WA, uh, it, it was um, not close at all in the lower house, but will be close in the upper house. Uh, so uh, there will be, you know, probably, I imagine, you know, two or three votes in it. So, uh, yeah, stay tuned uh, for an update on that. You know, just before we move on, I'm sure listeners, some listeners in particular, will be so concerned that some of these moral foundations in society are falling like dominoes and the situation that seemed to change just in these past few years uh, very very significant Dan and uh, we're almost at a point where we can't even keep up with the commentary on the big issues as the nation is facing these uh, this is a challenging time and I imagine that you know when we talk about walking and chewing gum at the same time your team at the Australian Christian Lobby uh, you're fighting a lot of fires on a lot of fronts uh, how does the team function in these sorts of circumstances just before we move on because uh, I yeah. know uh, listeners will be thinking is it just is it just uh, you know Martin Isles and Dan Flynn, are they the only two on deck at the Christian lobby? But uh, there's a lot of things going on and the team is really across a lot of issues here. Look, you're absolutely right. Uh, there is so much, uh, you know, in a sense, coming against us as Christians. Uh, the Australian Christian lobby, we are very blessed uh, to have as many supporters as we do. Um, you know, we are active uh, in every state in Australia, um, but, you know, we're always growing, always uh, looking to make sure we've got the right people in the right uh, roles on the ground. But as you say, um, you know, just in the last 12 months, you know, we've seen um, 
the decriminalisation of, of abortion uh, in Queensland, now in New South Wales. Euthanasia has commenced in Victoria. Now there's a big push in Western Australia, Queensland and South Australia. Uh, there, um, uh, it's close at hand, uh, the whole issue of whether um, prostitution will be increased as a result of decriminalising it in South Australia. You know, Israel Flau has been sacked from his job. You know, it's a constant barrage and we've got to be um, alert and willing to take up the fight with, with Christian cheerfulness. That's, that's the project, Neil. Well, that's an interesting way to be able to frame how the response looks. And that would be really great to talk about in a little bit more depth sometime. Uh, how do you approach these things with a level of Christian cheerfulness? Not that you're taking the issue lightly, but that you really need to treat it almost like a strategy game as you actually approach these issues, because the challenges are very big. And what's at stake, of course, is human lives. Uh, what's at stake is the morality of a nation. So uh, these sorts of challenges, very, very, very big. Uh, challenges. Uh, let's come back to uh, what's going on in New South Wales because we've been through the process there and uh, you might say, well a big loss, uh, some will say there's a few little uh, you know, silver linings around a dark cloud but the abortion law passed the lower house in New South Wales on Tuesday last week. Uh, what does that all mean for people in New South Wales and more broadly for people around Australia? You know, it's when you consider bills like this that, you know, your cheerfulness tends to drain because uh, there was a, a massive push to uh, influence um, particularly Liberal members of Parliament and National members of Parliament uh, to get them to oppose this bill. Um, and there was some uh, evidence of that hard work uh, in that uh, on the topics that we, and, and when I say we, uh, the Christian community, the Christian churches broadly, the topics we advocated on are banning sex selection, abortion, babies born alive be given health care, uh, the doctors not be forced to refer for abortions, and that there be a ban on late-term abortion. On each of those, there was some ground given, um, but uh, taking a microscope to the concessions made um, appears, sadly, Neil, to want to satisfy both sides, to appear to give us some wording that um, might be seen to... Um, appease us, uh, but not to limit access to abortion uh, to keep the pro-abortion side happy. Um, and you know, some of these uh, amendments are meaningless. You know that the that a doctor wouldn't have to refer a, a mother seeking an abortion to somebody who would do it has now become uh, that the doctor um, uh, would refer the mother directly to New South Wales Health. You know, so you put an intermediary in the pathway, but you know we all know where. Uh, that is likely to go. So that's completely meaningless. Um, there was a statement in the legislation that the New South Wales Parliament opposes sex-selective abortion and uh, requiring a future parliamentary report on the issue to include prevention of this practice. That's something. So there was something obtained, Neil, um, and I think those who demonstrated, who protested, who wrote emails, wrote letters, picked up the phone, need to be encouraged that we have made some headway here mm. and uh, we, we have more to do. Uh, the, the fight for the unborn will continue and we'll gain momentum. Uh, let me just digress here for a moment too, Dan, because there is a sense uh, in which in the broader Christian community, 
there needs to be, and this is what I'm suggesting, a robust stance for Christians. And you guys at ACL leading the way, but there is this sort of idea, and I think a false one within the Christian community of turning the other cheek and always being Mr. Nice Guy and being happy to be steamrolled uh, over these important issues and their life and death issues we're talking about here. I wonder whether you've got some thoughts here, because every listener who's listening to our conversation today has voted for people in their electorate. Some of them voted for those people that stood against human life in a pro-abortion sense uh, in New South Wales. And, of course, we're talking about all these issues right around Australia. I wonder whether you've got some thoughts on a robust approach that Christians need to have, uh, being a little bit courageous, stepping up, standing out, and actually making their views known. What are your thoughts here about how we ought to be approaching these sorts of issues because we've been trampled over for so long? We should not be shy about this, Neil, particularly when, you know, um, when babies are being uh, killed in the womb. Uh, we can't be shy um, and we can't think that it's loving to let all this go past. Uh, you know, imagine if a judge was having to sentence uh, somebody who was uh, found guilty of rape and then that judge said, oh, no, look, I'm not going to do it. You know, I'm just such a nice guy. I'm not going to do it. Well, you would say that was a bad judge. Uh, because that judge didn't fulfil his or her role. And so it is with Christians. We have a role to play uh, when we see uh, society and, um, uh, you know, human beings, uh, you know, torn uh, limb by limb. We, we have a role to play. Uh, we must stand up. Uh, we must be strong. You know, Jesus himself said uh, that the world hates me because I tell it that its deeds are evil. So, you know, Jesus wasn't, um, uh, you know, in that uh, warm response to every circumstance. Uh, So, yes, we have steadfast love. We love our neighbour, we love our enemies, but we also stand up against what's wrong in society. It's important that churches do it, and uh, it's important that church leaders show leadership of their congregation rather than being uh, concerned about somebody in the congregation who might be upset by taking a stand uh, if church leaders lovingly bring their congregation along the pathway to say, no, we as a church will stand up for life. Uh, We won't be shy about it, and we will certainly give pastoral support to those who need it, but we won't um, diminish the truth uh, in order to um, not upset one or two people in the congregation. Those sorts of hard organisational calls need to be made in churches in my humble submission, Neil. Well, there's some tough times ahead and no immediate elections on the horizon, I think, until next year. Uh, There is a sense here in which when we talk about how we approach the idea that we all have a vote and that we're going to be putting our vote towards a candidate in an election when those things come along in our different states uh, over the time to come, there is a sense, isn't there, that uh, as Christian believers we need to exercise a Christian conscience when it comes to the vote, especially when you've got candidates who are standing on these issues which are actually, uh, as you say, tearing apart uh, the uh, the fabric of what it is to be human and taking life the way that that is happening. Uh, there is a certain sense in which we need to be strong with that vote and to vote according to a Christian conscience. Let's talk about Martin Isles, uh, who's the national 
director, the uh, managing director of the Australian Christian Lobby. He has a wonderful opportunity coming up on the 9th of October where he's going to be addressing the National Press Club. And, of course, with what's happening with this week, a deadline on uh, those submissions for the uh, Religious Freedom Bill, uh, Martin, no doubt, was is going to be quite significantly in the spotlight on the 9th of October. This is an exciting opportunity, but uh, he'll be again in, a, in amongst the wolves, won't he? Well, um, he'll be at the National Press Club in Canberra, uh, so that's live televised. Uh, room that's uh, full of the Canberra Press Gallery uh, and other interested uh, viewers. It makes great television um, and it's on at noon uh, on Wednesday the 9th. Now, the position is simply this. It's a debate between Mark Niles and Fiona Patton about religious freedom. And the um, subtext, if you like, would be the Religious Discrimination Bill. And uh, you know, Martin will be putting his concerns about the bill Fiona Patton, on behalf of the Australian Secular Society, will be putting her concerns. Now, um, as well as Martin having that role, and Martin is a great debater, um, and um, that will be very good television, no doubt. Um, All of your listeners, Neil, have an opportunity to enter this debate, as it were. Um, The Attorney-General has asked the public for submissions uh, if they're filed by 5 o'clock next Wednesday. And on the banner of the Australian Christian Lobby's website, uh, there's a hyperlink to hit there. Um, and Martin has provided about 12 uh, bullet point ideas about the religious discrimination bill, um, concerns that he has identified. And people then, through that landing page, can actually write their own submission to the Attorney-General. So the Attorney-General will be watching this debate. Um, political leaders across the country will. Um, perhaps uh, there is no more important debate um, uh, then he's going to take place on religious freedom. Um, this is a big issue of our time, and you know we, we, we've seen Israel Folau is sort of Exhibit A in this, but there are at least 30 or so other cases that we know of people who have been discriminated against, uh, like Israel. They're just less prominent, um, and this will be a great time to um, see these matters elevated in the public debate. Well, I know some listeners might like to make a note there. Uh, that's coming up, that particular debate between Martin Isles and Fiona Patton. That's coming up on the 9th of October at noon. It'll be televised from the National Press Club. And uh, for those who are looking at uh, issues around religious discrimination, the Religious Discrimination Bill, that will be a very, very uh, good opportunity to be able to uh, see Martin Isles in action. And uh, no doubt I'd be expecting that he'll perform so well there. Uh, Another quick one before I let you go here, Dan. Of course, uh, something big coming up for the Australian Christian Lobby, the National Conference coming up up on the 19th of October. I imagine uh, that listeners, wherever they might be, could actually make their way to Sydney to be a part of that. Uh, what's happening at this year's conference? Uh, this year's conference uh, is going to feature uh, some wonderful speakers. Pete, Dr Peter Jones, uh, the Executive Dire- Director of Truth Exchange Los Angeles, uh, Israel Folau, Martin Isles, Tanya Davies MP, uh, the pro-life champion in the New South Wales Parliament, Wendy Francis, known to your our listeners in Queensland, uh, John Steenoff, uh, the Managing Director of the Human Rights Law Alliance, who runs these cases for ordinary Australians uh, who are discriminated against uh, by reason of their faith. He will actually be interviewing a panel of those who are discriminated. Um, and Bishop uh, Tarabay uh, from the Maronites is also going to speak to the conference. So it'll be a wonderful time uh, to rally 
Uh, one of our themes here is stronger together. So when Christians unite, there's a, um, a real strength in that. And so we've gone to a larger venue, uh, the ICC, International Convention Centre in Sydney, Darling Harbour. Um, and uh, this will be a fantastic conference and a great place for people's uh, faith to be built together. Okay, well, there's some dates there to diarise. Always great getting your insights. Dan Flynn is the Canberra-based Chief Political Officer for the Australian Christian Lobby. Let me point you to the Australian Christian Lobby website, acl.org.au, acl.org.au. Dan Flynn, thanks so much for taking some time to update us today on 2020. That's my pleasure, Neil. Thank you. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.